You're going to love this. Just love it. You may love it. We'll see if I do. I do. I got the feeling that something right. Definitely not right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. But I am never scared. And I'm how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I am. Stuck in the middle with you right here on KPFK Pacifica Radios. KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe on kpfk.org, the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app, the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn, Netroots Radio, Liberal Justice Radio, and now, of course, on iTunes. You can run, but you can't hide. Yes, it's I, Brad Friedman, your friendly citizen, investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, and muckraker from bradblog.com. Live in the studio in Los Angeles after a uh, too long fundraiser here on uh, KPFK. My thanks to everyone who helped uh, support independent media, who helped us stay on your public airwaves uh, and be the oasis uh, for non-corporatist radio that is really needed across this country. But you can't find it in most places. You can right here on KPFK. So thank you very much for your support during that period. It's great to be back. we got a big, big show for you. Uh, some big, uh, so all kinds of breaking news today. I'll try to get everything in. And I'll even try to get to your, uh, to your calls if I can. Our phone number, write it down. Because you may want to ring in, and and, uh, I'll have to get to you right away to fit everything in. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. We'll have some uh, some breaking news uh, a little bit later here on uh, a new big coal, I should say. I'm sorry, a big clean coal settlement. Millions and millions of dollars with a... um, huge coal company that has been uh, polluting and breaking the law some 6,000 times over the past seven years. We're going to talk about that. I will be joined momentarily by uh, L.A. City Councilman Paul Koritz uh, to discuss some breaking news out of Los Angeles, breaking news that affects the entire country, uh, frankly. I'll also be joined by uh, Desi Doyen for the Green News Report a little bit later, as usual. But before we get to all of that, just a few quick words about what's going on in in the Ukraine uh, <laughs> and the breathless reporting, the breathless coverage, the breathless politicians all screaming and yelling, oh, we need to go to war, war. All of this, I think, was best summed up uh, by John Stewart, who was replying to John McCain, who never saw a war he didn't want to fight. This was John McCain and uh, John Stewart's response to it uh, just a day or, day or so ago. This is the ultimate result of a feckless foreign policy where nobody believes in America's strength anymore. I want to go to war. Let's go to war. 
War! Burr! It's been 48 hours! Do something! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of exactly it. That sums up... Uh, frankly, the way the media has been covering this, the way uh, the politicians have been covering it, it's uh, frankly, it's embarrassing, but it's not unexpected. Michael Cohn of The Guardian uh, really highlighted just some of the amazing failures of the people covering what's going on in the Ukraine. He wrote, the sea of foreign policy punditry already shark infested has reached new lows in fear mongering, exaggerated doomsaying and a stunning inability to place global events in that rash in any rational historical context. This would be a useful moment for Americans to have informed reporters, scholars, and leaders explaining a crisis rapidly unfolding half a world away. Instead, we've already got all the usual suspect arguments, like personality-driven analysis, writes Michael Cohn. Let's start with Julia Ihoff of The New Republic, a popular former reporter in Moscow who now tells us that Putin has sent troops into Crimea... Quote, because he can. That's it. That's all you need to know, she wrote. It's as if things like regional interests, spheres of influence, geopolitics, coercive diplomacy, and the potential loss of a key ally, key ally in Kiev, as well as miscalculation, are alien concepts for Russian leaders. Then there's the overstated rhetoric shorn of political context says Michael Cohn, citing David Kramer, president of Freedom House, who hit the ball out of the park on this front when he hyperbolically declared that Obama's response to Putin's action, quote, will define his two terms in office and, quote, the future of the U.S. standing in the world. He adds that honorable mention goes to Ian Bremer of Eurasia Group for calling this crisis, quote, the most seismic geopolitical events since 9-11, unquote. Putting aside the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, the Arab Spring, Syria's civil war, and tensions in the South China Sea, Bremer might have a point. Yeah, other than all of that, then there are the unhelpful policy recommendations. Admiral James Stavridis, I think that's how you say it, former Supreme Commander of NATO, deserves a shout out for calling on NATO to send maritime forces to the Black Sea, among other inflammatory steps. No danger or of miscalculation or an unnecessary provo uh, provocation there. No, none at all. Nothing to worry about. There are inappropriate historical analogies. So many to choose from here, says Michael Cohen. But when you compare seizing Crimea to the Nazi annexation of Austria in 1938, as Leonid Bershidsky did at Bloomberg View, you pretty much blow away the competition. As in practically every international crisis, the pundit class seems to be uh, seems to view events solely through the prism of U.S. actions, which ex which best explains Edward Luce in the Financial Times writing that Obama needs to convince Putin, quote, he will not be outfoxed. Or Scott Wilson at the Washington Post intimating that this is all the result of America pulling back from military adventurism. Oh, yeah. And then there was Lindsey Graham yesterday said this was all about Benghazi. That's what Lin Lindsey Graham actually said in a tweet. By the way, you can tweet me at the Brad blog throughout the show here. Yeah, he said uh, it was because of Benghazi that uh, Vladimir Putin decided he could invade Crimea with no problems. Uh, back to Michael Cohn, shocking as it may seem, sometimes countries take action based on how they view their interests, irrespective of 
of who the U.S. did or did not bomb. Missing from all of these analyses, analyses about how Obama should respond is why Obama should respond. After all, the U.S. has few strategic interests in the former Soviet Union and little ability to affect Russian decision-making. He says this is Putin's Waterloo, not ours, not Obama's. And the ironclad certainty of the pundit class that Putin is winning somehow and Obama is losing is the exact opposite of the truth. He says, you don't have to listen to the do-something crowd. These are the same people who brought you the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, among other greatest hits. They are the armchair experts convinced that every international problem is a vital interest of the U.S., that the maintenance of credit, quote, credibility and strength is essential and that any demonstration of weakness is a slippery slope to global anarchy and American obsolescence and that being wrong and or needlessly alarmist never loses one a seat at the table. Apparently it doesn't when it comes to guys like John McCain and Lindsey Graham. You can be wrong time and time and time again. And you're still seen as an expert on this issue worth being brought on to meet the press with the idiot David Gregory. Uh, But don't get me started there. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the show if we have time. About uh, We'll discuss his uh, debate on global warming. Man, you see why you need KPFK? You see why you need Pacifica? Thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, All right. Well, I wanted to go into more on Ukraine. However, this breaking news yesterday uh, really caught my attention. uh, And uh, frankly, to be honest, I think it affects more lives and more people, uh, at least here in the U.S., certainly here in Los Angeles, but really across the country. Uh, This is from the City News Service Yesterday afternoon, the Los Angeles City Council moved Tuesday to ban e-cigarette use, often called vaping, inside bars, nightclubs, restaurants and other public areas where tobacco smoking is restricted. The council voted 14 to nothing to approve the ordinance. Actually, the vote was 12 to nothing to three. Three people uh, voted absent. Uh, prohibiting vaping at farmers markets, parks, recreational areas, beaches, indoor workplaces such as bars and nightclubs, outdoor dining areas and other places where lighting up is banned. The prohibition still requires approval from L.A. Mayor's Eric Garcetti, a motion by Councilman Joe Busiano. I hope I Joe. Ah, it's not I'm not even close. That would have allowed consideration of an exemption for bars failed on an eight to six vote. As it passed, Um, we had uh, planned yesterday uh, to speak with Mitch O'Farrell. He introduced this measure in the L.A. City Council uh, that passed uh, successfully on Tuesday. Uh, He had to uh, cancel. And at the last minute, we're fortunate that uh, Paul Koritz, the L.A. City Council member, the second term Democrat from the fifth council district out here in Los Angeles, was able to join us. Paul Koritz had earlier introduced Uh, a measure uh, that put restrictions on children buying e-cigs, being able to vape, uh, that I think passed late last year, and he supported this uh, ban that passed yesterday in the L.A. City Council. Uh, Councilman Koritz, thank you, sir, for joining us on the broadcast. 
Hey, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, okay, I, I know you supported this uh, this measure that passed yesterday. It's similar to uh, bans on vaping on e-cigarettes that were pan, uh, passed in New York, Chicago, maybe soon in San Francisco. Uh, you were a strong supporter of this. Uh, and, and I think I actually co-authored it with uh, with Mr. O'Farrell. You did? Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad to know. Then uh, then I can really hold your feet to the fire here. Why uh why was this important to pass, this measure, as you see it, uh, Mr. Kortz? Well, I've, I've been involved in tobacco issues for many, many years uh, for the obvious health reasons, and I think uh, this uh, really uh, is, is something that motivated me for all the same reasons. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more on the cutting edge because uh, tobacco, I, I think, when we started to regulate it around 25 or so years ago, um, there started to be overwhelming evidence, although tobacco companies were still insisting that smoking was safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're we're at an earlier stage here, um, but there certainly uh, are are a lot of questions about the risks to uh, uh, one's health, uh, especially um, relating to kids, uh, a number of whom are actually uh, smoking e-cigarettes and are not smoking tobacco. So this is this is their first introduction to uh, uh, nicotine-carrying devices, um, I think it'll lead to more smoking. Um, And uh, I think it's critical for tobacco companies because most of their smokers are either dying or quitting. So they have to replace them uh, by attracting new young smokers. What what evidence did you find uh, as you were holding hearings on this bill and, and passing it? What evidence did you find that kids who are vaping, who are using e-cigarettes, would move to smoking tobacco? I I, th- I think it's it's too soon to to prove it, but the fact that large numbers of kids that have never smoked tobacco are starting to smoke this, and they are both nicotine delivery devices, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's not a big leap of faith to to see that coming. And it's not a coincidence that tobacco companies are investing more and more in, in e-cigarettes and starting to uh, take over some of those companies. Did, did, uh, the, the, yeah. the bigger issue that was, that was controversial was, should we allow it in places that, that only allow adults, um, such as bars? And... Uh, the question there, again, is similar to what we dealt with 20 years ago or so when we banned smoking in bars. Uh, should uh, employees be exposed to uh, the, the vapor um, and all the chemicals that, uh, that are in it? Should uh, uh, people that play in bands uh, and frequent bars for that reason don't really have a choice? Well, tell us about uh, the evidence that you found uh, that it was dangerous, that the, the, the vapor was dangerous to, uh, to the employees and so forth, the people who work inside uh, that you're re- referencing. Actually, the studies so far have been, been mixed, so we're, we're still in the early stages. Part of the difficulty is there's so little regulation that every e-cigarette has different chemicals and in different amounts, so it's very hard to study. Um, tobacco... Usually the cigarettes' uh, composition are relatively standard, but here you're talking about dozens of different chemicals and in different amounts. And generally the, the results have been somewhat mixed. Um, part of what, what we passed um, was a resolution previously asking the federal government to regulate the ingredients of e-cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So it's less of a moving target, 
and uh, then we can know what's in it and then start to study it more more accurately. Uh, I, I think all the all the studies so far have been mixed. Well, when you um, say mixed, uh, and I'm speaking to uh, L.A. City Council Member uh, Paul Koritz, when you say mixed, uh, I, I guess I need to do some personal uh, disclosure here, and I, I don't usually like to t- talk about myself in this regard, but I was a very, very, very heavy smoker, uh, let's just say for decades. And uh, about a year ago, after trying many different uh, ways to quit, um, I, I, I was able to get an e-cig, and I started vaping, and I literally quit overnight and haven't gone back to having a cigarette in a year. Uh, I think it's an absolute miracle. And so in the bargain, I've been out there looking at those studies and trying to find, oh, surely there must be some danger here. Surely there must be something, uh, you know, that I I need to worry about. And I can't seem to find it. So when you say that there's mixed evidence that it's affecting other people and you're banning it from, you know, people, uh, people vaping indoors and so forth, mixed in what regard? What what dangers have you been able to find? Because I'd really love to know. What dangers have you been able to find that if I vape, it somehow affects anyone else uh, adversely or even myself adversely? But let's talk about other people adversely. Well, let me give you an example yeah. of, of where the results have been mixed. There, there have been some preliminary studies that looked at the efficacy of uh, using e-cigarettes to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. And they found that the ability to quit smoking using e-cigarettes, and if you mean really, I, I don't know in your case, have you have you quit using those also, or are you simply changing from cigarettes to e-cigarettes? Well, I was a smoker, and now I'm a vapor who uses e-cigarettes, rather enjoys it, and can't seem to find any uh, evidence of, of detail that this would harm me in any way, shape, or form. And I feel way better than I did when I was a smoker. I've told everybody I know uh, who is a smoker that they should uh, uh, that they should move to vaping. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm still doing it and enjoying it. But if you tell me there's uh, something I need to worry about, I, I I'd love to know. But more importantly, because it's not about me, it's about other people and how. My vaping affects other people because that's what you guys banned yesterday in the LA City Council. Right. Well, first, here's here's the the mixed results. The the results of preliminary studies have shown that vaping is a way to quit smoking, but it's not any more effective than other ways to quit smoking, except that it may have an impact on other people's health um, in terms of secondhand smoke. How so? How so? And it may have an impact on on the smoker themselves, but some of it. Is going to be long term. So, with a new phenomenon, it's hard to say: Are you going to get cancer from the amounts of nicotine in in e-cigarettes when they only have been out for a short period of time? So, it's hard to to do longer term studies and figure that out. We can only we to some extent we can only guess the exact results of all these different chemicals in fine particles and uh, what the result would be. Did you guys but come across? The fact that it's not not clear at all that it's any better than more harmless methods that are clearly harmless and clearly safe um, would would imply that it's not worth the risk. Did you come across evidence that vaping was um, more or less dangerous than smoking and any evidence that nicotine, since you mentioned this, did you have any evidence, I haven't seen this, that nicotine 
as you suggested, uh, leads to cancer. Nicotine's been around for a long, long time, uh, so that's not too new to test. Uh, I'm unaware of any evidence that nicotine has anything to do with cancer. Rather, in cigarettes, it's the tar, it's the carbon monoxide, it's the thousands of chemicals uh, that, that don't exist in, uh, in e-cigs. So is, so is well, it worse well, than are, smoking? There, there are hundreds of chemicals in, in e-cigarettes in different combinations. I mean, that's, that's again, the... A lot of this is, is hard to hit because it's kind of a moving target. Um, we don't know which chemicals are in one cigarette compared to another brand. Um, it, so it's very hard to test anything in, 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 in a consistent way. Now, we do have uh, a number of health experts that have all expressed concerns that, uh, uh, that e-cigarettes will be harmful in the long run. But we have no evidence of that, and we've banned them. And not only uh, the concern for, again, even if you make the argument that it's dangerous for me to do, uh, there, there there appears to be zero evidence of, of that, but zero evidence that it would harm you, uh, Councilman. If I was in the room with you and I was enjoying, uh, uh, I was vaping, that there is, seems to be no evidence that it would uh, affect you. So I'm wondering, did you speak with scientists uh, who who gave you evidence or read any reports that it would affect uh, secondhand uh, people in some fashion? We spoke with a number of, of health experts mm-hmm. that uh, anticipate there being a danger um, and feel it's too soon and too difficult to nail down for the reasons that I've already expressed. But, you know, people like, uh, like Mr. Fielding at the county level, um, who are people with some credibility, uh, and it's 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 not a shocking response. Just about every major city and many smaller ones across the country have taken similar actions to protect the the citizenry from the possibility of of uh, a health hazard. Uh, I think it's difficult to to nail down now. But what we're doing is we're anticipating what we will find in three or five or ten years after we have some some period of time to uh, to look at the health results. And what if we find out um, that, because there's, as you say, and I agree, there's very little evidence either way, um, v- no evidence that I know of that uh, vaping is somehow harmful to you. Uh, but what if we found out that it is not? And I think even the uh, Dr. Fielding, uh, Jonathan Fielding, who testified with you uh, and, and others, all agree that it is less harmful than smoking. My concern, uh, uh, Paul, and is... I would agree with that, too. Yeah, I, and, I, and I... Yeah, go ahead. It's, it's, not, it's not 100% impossible that because it's finer particulates uh, that some chemical is more hazardous, but I think it's highly unlikely, so... I would agree with that as well. And I'm and I'm worried. Much yeah. Less. yeah, and I'm and I'm worried, uh, frankly. And I and I hate being on the side of these right wingers. Uh, let me play clip number five here. Uh, th- these were the, this is the National Center for Public Policy Research guys who I actually plan to beat up cons- later in the show concerning an entirely different issue because uh, I think they're on the wrong side of just about everything. But on this one, well, it's very short clip number five. This is Jeff Steyer from the National Center for Public Policy research speaking to the LA Council. If you force former smokers to go outside and have their e-cigarette, with all due respect, you will be held accountable for them going back to smoking. And I, and I hate to say it, uh, Councilman, but 
I fear he is right. I fear that the result of this, and I'm speaking again from firsthand knowledge, um, is that this will kill more people by limiting use of what, as you heard me describe, is I think an absolute miracle. And this is why I'm worried about it, because I'm probably on your side on just about every everything else on the on the political ledger here. But don't forget, uh, yeah. we're not saying don't smoke it. We're saying you have the same restrictions as you do with tobacco. So right. if you really like these, just the fact that you are you might stand outside in the smoking area with five people smoke, uh, use, smoking, you know, cigarettes. Using, smoking cigarettes yeah. and five other people vaping, right. uh, I, I think that's an absurd concept. I mean, if, if, you're, if you are so easily reintroduced that you can't be anywhere near anybody smoking a cigarette, uh, I don't think you're very likely to stay off the tobacco habit. I, 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 well, I, 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 I imagine yeah. that that's really the case. I'm sure you're in that circumstance now where you're smoking an e-cigarette and somebody else might be smoking tobacco every once in a while. Uh, you can't tell me that suddenly you, that makes you jump back to smoking a regular cigarette. I, I can tell you that the easier it has been to use uh, e-cigarettes, and by the way, it is not smoking. There is no smoke involved. It is vapor. Yes, it, is water, it is water yes. vapor. As a matter of fact, by the way, the, the, the particular e-juice that I use is 100% organic, and uh, I was shocked to learn it includes kosher nicotine. I didn't know there was such a thing, but it's kosher nicotine, 100% organic, uh, many Many of these juices have no nicotine whatsoever, which, as I said, is is not harmful to to my knowledge. Uh, actually, has some health benefits. I'm told, but never mind that. Did you? Are you a smoker, sir? And or and or did you speak to any uh, people who do vape who quit smoking thanks to e-cigs uh, before you pass this ban on them? Um, I have spoken to some people that uh, uh, have quit smoking. They say as a result, but mm-hmm. they haven't really quit. They generally have seemed to transfer their habit from tobacco to e-cigarettes. Well, that's quitting again, smoking. I, I I don't mind that if it was shown that these are, if there were studies that showed that this method is much more effective. But so far, the studies have been very mixed and have shown that it's just one way to do it. So yeah. if there are other ways to completely quit the habit and not expose yourself to a bunch of chemicals and not expose other people to a bunch of chemicals. Uh, it seems a lot safer to do it with a patch or something else that has no secondhand exposure for anybody else. Well, I tried the patch and 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 it didn't like many other people, including in a New Zealand study, found that e-cigs are much more uh, successful in, uh, in in curbing smoking. You wrote you. you but other studies have yeah. shown have shown the opposite that they're about uh, the same. Okay, so they're about the same or better. I still don't know how they uh, harm other people. And I can tell you, as a smoker, if you're not a smoker, I can tell you that the easier it is uh, for smokers to be able to quit uh, uh, smoking and and go to vaping or quitting entirely, uh, the better. And we save people's lives. And that's again, that's what I'm concerned about. Would you do you believe uh, that it's better for people to keep smoking rather than to start vaping? Uh, no, but I don't believe that's the only choice. Okay. And, and, we're, and again, yeah. we're not stopping people from doing this. We, yeah. we even moderated our measure to be sure we allowed uh, lounges that are, are created for doing this to, to uh, continue using e-cigarettes. So those lounges where people go to, to smoke, I mean, if that's your, your, your social choice, those are still there. Well, I... I... 
I don't know how ghettoizing uh, somebody who is doing something that is either da- uh, not dangerous or the L.A. City Council has no evidence of danger. Uh, before I let you go, and uh, and by the way, we can open up the phones. Uh, uh, Councilman, if you want to stay around, you can. I know you jumped in at the last minute and we're pulled out of a meeting, so you don't need to. Our phone numbers are 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. I'll uh, try to take some calls after the break. Um I, I, I'll tell you, I, I'm just concerned, as I said, that we're going to kill people by making it harder to vape. But what do I tell the right wingers, uh, sir, who ask, uh, you know, who say this is nanny state, who says that the city council couldn't demonstrate any actual dangers uh, to, to vaping? Uh, what do I tell them? Because I believe in public regulations, uh, you know, when there's a compelling government interest. What is the compelling government interest here when we actually have no evidence that this is a danger and great evidence that this will help people stop smoking? Well, we, we heard a lot of similar things when we passed the original uh, bans on smoking in restaurants and smoking in bars. You know, not enough evidence. Why are we intervening? Um, we don't have the role. It's the county that's supposed to take care of health issues. But the fact is, we provided leadership in L.A. and West Hollywood and Santa Monica when we all did this together um, that, that spread across the state and across the country and across the world. And I thought our sticking our nose in something where a lot of people said we didn't belong has saved thousands and thousands of lives, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, from, I, from dangerous smoking, but not I, from something that doesn't have any uh, proven or even demonstrated health concerns, certainly not for secondhand people. I, I think where we are is where we were in, in, in the case of tobacco 40 years or so ago, where we believed it was dangerous, but there weren't enough studies, and uh, at some point we took a a flyer on it that we had seen enough, and we were concerned about the risks. And, you know, over the years, it's only been demonstrated again and again that we were right and tobacco is dangerous. I mean, if I'm wrong, 10 years from now, there'll be more studies, and you could say, you were wrong, you made it harder for people to smoke in restaurants and bars. If you're right, then you're talking about saving the lives of a lot of people and the health of a lot of people. So if you have to err... I say err on the side of of taking a risk of saving lives rather than costing them. Well, you've called on the FDA to regulate these things, to check to see if, in fact, there are any uh, harmful uh, chemicals here. If you find that out in a year or so, will you repeal this ban? Because I be- And if it's demonstrated that it helps people quit, it saves lives, will you repeal this ban so that it saves people's lives a year from oh, now? If, if we absolutely think that it's, it's healthier for people to be uh, vaping than not, uh, of course we will, because what we're attempting to do is create the greatest circumstance for health. And what mm. we're asking the, the feds to do is to actually regulate the ingredients. So it won't be, you know this 50 chemical combination in one e-cigarette and 25 different chemicals in different doses in another. Okay. So once, once we have that nailed down, a lot of the rest of it is easier to study. And just to find down. common ground here, uh, you agree vaping is better, safer than smoking, correct? 
I think there's a 99% possibility that it's much safer than, than tobacco. <laughs> okay, uh, Council Member uh, Paul Kortz, the, the phones, by the way, are lighting up. I leave it to you. Uh, i got to take a very short break. going to come back to some phone calls. Uh, would you like to stick around, or you got to get back? I know that, uh, like I said, I know you were pulled out of a meeting, so I leave uh, it completely up to you. I could probably stick around for a call or two, okay. and, and then I've got to head back to it. All right, got to take a quick break here. We will come back with Paul Koritz, uh, Democrat, L.A. City Council member from the 5th uh, Council District concerning uh, a ban on vaping here in Los Angeles and elsewhere around the country. You're listening to the broadcast on KPFK. Said someday you'll find all who love are blind. Oh, when your heart's on fire, you must realize smoke gets in your eyes. KPFK would like to thank the following generous food donors for helping to feed our volunteers during our winter fun drive. Cooperatunity, Santa Monica's natural food cooperative store, and these fine growers from the Santa Monica Farmer's Market. Tutti Frutti Farm, thanks to Barbara. Shaner Farm, Flying Disc Ranch, Florabella Farm. Shout out to James and Dawn, Smith Farms, Dates by Duval, Fairhill Farms, Organic Pastures, Rocky Canyon Farm, thanks Susie, Haas Apple Farm, Finley Organic Farm, Wiser Family Farm, special thanks to Alex and Kenny, Etheridge Organics, JJ's Lone Daughter Ranch, Muchas Gracias Laura, Bautista Family Organic Date Ranch, Fairview Gardens, and Bezian's Bakery. Special shout out to Jack, and a special thank you to Israel Foyer. When you visit these fine merchants, please thank them for donating to your favorite radio station, KPFK. Welcome back. This is your Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Did we lose the uh, the, the council member? Did is is he still there? Uh Des? Uh looks like we may have lost him. See if you can get him back. I, uh, he may have had to drop out. Uh you're listening to the Bradcast on KPFK. Uh we were speaking with uh, council member Paul Koretz about the ban on vaping indoors. Uh, in Los Angeles that will be uh, approved uh, soon by the mayor, Eric Garcetti, if he uh, if he approves this. Uh, you can let the mayor know your opinion on this uh, at lamayor.org. His phone number is 213-978-0600. That's 213-978-0600. If you'd like to tell the mayor uh, that he should ban... These uh, vaping devices or that he should not ban these vaping devices. Um, uh, My personal opinion, he should not ban them. Uh, They helped me uh, stop smoking after decades uh, overnight, immediately. Like I said, I believe it's absolutely a miracle and we have seen no evidence that vaping harms, uh, certainly harms anybody else other than the vapor, and we have no evidence that it actually harms 
the vapor either, the person who is using the e-cig. 818-985-5735 is our number. Uh, we'll have Desi Doyen and much more in a minute or two. Oh, we do have the uh, council member back. Oh, great. Uh, uh, Paul Koritz, you're back on the line? I am. Superb. Thank you, sir. I don't know if we hung up on, on you. My apologies if By we accident, did. That's fine. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me, uh, let's, let's take a few quick calls. Uh, let's go to Ken in Los Angeles. Hey, Ken, welcome to the broadcast, sir. How you doing today? I'm doing okay. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, it's just uh, really troubling to me that the, we people that are elected officials that are passing laws based on no evidence at all. And so, like, they had the rush to Iraq war and all these other decisions that they made with no evidence. It's just amazing to me that there's people that are elected that are passing laws based on no evidence at all. And then at the same time, I'm wasting our tax dollars with uh, these type of uh, decisions when there's people starving, living on the bridges, uh, need jobs, that need uh, housing. And you didn't do nothing about that. And then if they're so so concerned about the air quality that is being uh, produced uh, from these cigarettes or these toxic chemicals, they still allow drilling all these chemicals from these different plants and, uh, uh, and you know, just all these different chemicals that we know to be cancerous and harming to our earth, to our air, and to our uh, quality of life. And it's always just amazing to me that with no evidence at all, but with all this evidence of all these other things that do pollute, they rather control this than actually concentrate on things that actually you know, matter. Thanks, Ken. So Thanks. It's just, it's just disturbing to me, and I thank you, and have a good day. I appreciate that. Thanks, Ken. Uh, Paul Koritz, your your responses to Ken. Well, certainly I would say we can walk and chew gum at the same time, and in fact, uh, I've been very involved, perhaps as much as any member of the city council, on the types of issues you're talking about. Uh, among other things, the council passed my motion to uh, put a moratorium in on fracking to uh, control many uh, potential environmental hazards. Um, but His thought the, that we're banning this based on uh, something that we have no evidence for? Um, I think we're in a difficult position because, as I said, we're, we're where we were 40 years ago with tobacco. There are a number of dangerous chemicals in, uh, in e-cigarettes. Uh, the, the method of delivery is different. Um, it's difficult to nail down exactly which chemicals and which quantities. But the fact is there are a number of dangerous chemicals. Uh, among them are carcinogens. Uh, which ones? What, what we don't know. Well, Wh- which carcinogens? I, I can't tell you that from memory, to be honest. Uh, um, but there, there's a whole list of them. Okay, I should say uh, I'm, I'm not aware of any, any but, let's, but, I, I, but point taken. But, yeah. but the question is, I mean, they're, they're on some and not others. Some, yeah. some e-cigarettes use nicotine. Some don't have any nicotine. Right. It's, it's so random that it's very difficult to, to nail anything down specifically until we have more control and more regulation of it at the federal level. Okay. But the fact that these dangerous chemicals are present um, makes many health experts and and not me holding myself up as one, but people that that we have to rely on, like like Dr. Fielding, uh, our our, okay. our chief health health expert in the county, the fact that they have concerns, uh, the fact that that every other large city in the country has taken a similar action out of their concerns. Um, I think we have a certain responsibility to protect the health of our residents. Let me go to Chester in Duarte. Uh, Chester, welcome to the broadcast. Do you have a, a, a question or a thought for uh, Councilmember yeah. Koritz? Um, what I want is I want to say this as correctly as possible. I am not a certified drug counselor, okay? But I've got the educational background. I've actually got the experience of working in the rehab industry for quite a few years. 
he said something that was really quite ignorant. I don't mean that in an insulting way, but um, I don't think he's ever dealt with anyone who's working with uh, with, with addicts and alcoholics and such. Um, he said that, if I understand him correctly, forcing those people who are, who are what do you call it, vaping? Vaping, vaping, yeah. yeah. Vaping. I, I, I like a vape, that. it's a vaporizer. I know what it is, but I, didn't, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, vaporizer, yeah. Right. Uh, that people who are using that, it's okay for them to smoke around people who are smoking because if they were really serious about their addiction, um, being forced to breathe the smoky air that they're trying to get away from mm-hmm. uh, is, like, not a problem if you're serious. Well, that has nothing to do with how serious they are. If they're going to be breathing that air, they're going to be going through all the things. It would be like forcing you to, uh, if you're trying to break a crack cocaine to, to, okay, I'm now going to let you smoke cigarettes, but you've got to go over there with a crack house. Got to go to the crack house to do it. Uh, Chester, let me, uh, there's a bunch of people on the line. I want to try to get to as much as I can here. So uh, thanks for that thought. And obviously, I agree with you. Uh, The council member uh, may not. Thanks for the call, Chester. Uh, Let me, uh, unless you have a uh, response, uh, Paul, I'd love to move on to another thought or two. I'd just say that we're not making anybody vape or smoke anywhere. It's, It's their choice. What we're trying to do is uh, protect the potential health of other people that may not want to be exposed to it. Okay, well, okay. Uh, you, you, you are, because I'm actually vaping right now while I'm on the air, as opposed to having to run outside and stand around with the uh, with the smokers, which I'd prefer to not do. But let me go to John in Redondo Beach to get his thought. Uh, John, uh, welcome to the broadcast on KPFK. What's your thought for the council member? My thought is that they're going to send this over to the FDA to get approval. Yeah. It's a revolving door, revolving door for the industry. You know it's going to come back as dangerous, so why are you bothering to send it to the FDA? It's just making, it doesn't make any sense. Well, all I, those the FDA are all part of the industry. What, what, so industri- what industry, John? Yeah, It's a dead-on arrival when it goes over to the FDA. So think about that. Thank well, you. Well, I, I'm not sure what industry you're talking about, uh, John, and in fact... Uh, the vegetable gly- uh, glycerin that is used in uh, e-juice, as they call it, uh, the propylene glycol, uh, is all U.S. FDA approved. It's food safe. Uh, it's the same stuff, by the way, when you go to the theater and, you know, the fog machines come out. That's the same stuff. That's actually propylene glycol. I don't use that. I use a, an organic one. But, uh, council member, uh, should, should we ban fog machines in theater? Because that's a whole lot of this exact same stuff filling a room, uh, a small room in a theater with a fog machine. Should we ban that as well indoors? Well, it's obviously not the fog that, that we're worried about. Um, and and the, we're not just Why not? It's the same FDA stuff. To, to ban the practice. We're asking them to regulate it and actually get some consistency in what chemicals are and aren't allowed in it. It's possible that you could identify the worst chemicals and just say, don't put them in. And e-cigarettes might be perfectly fine without the worst chemicals. It's it's uh, partly a question of consistency. Why didn't you ban those? Why didn't you say, uh, you know, if there's anything that is dangerous, I think you guys had said, oh, there's lead and mercury and arsenic, uh, stuff that I have no, I've heard no information that it's in the juice. But why, instead of banning it from inside, why didn't you say, you know, any e-juice that is sold must uh, be free of these toxic uh, chemicals? Well, number one, I'm I'm not sure we have the ability to do it. I'm okay. sure we have no ability to enforce the different chemicals that may be in it, as opposed to 
the enforcement of the cigarettes, the e-cigarettes themselves, mm-hmm. which will be incredibly simple and self-enforcing. Let's go to Betty in Redondo Beach. Betty, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, thanks so much for this topic. Sure. I sincerely appreciate it. My, um, I know that this is a farce, and uh, government does not care about our health. Well, this is just a ploy to pass the laws because pot's going to be legalized. And how are the police going to crack down on the pot smokers when they have tobacco smoke or smoke from the vaporizers blowing? That's why he cannot answer any of your questions, Brad. Uh, well, Betty, I it has nothing to do with dangerous health. This has everything well, to do with the law. Okay, thanks, Betty. I, I don't agree that government doesn't care about your health. At, at least I'm not willing to say that about Paul Koritz or Mitch O'Farrell, who is going to join us. Uh, I think they just may be misguided on this particular uh, issue, but uh, they would disagree. Carlene in Los Angeles, uh, you favor a ban on vaping. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. Why is that? Um, I just think that Paul is making some really good points. Um, You know, 40 years ago, we didn't see, nor did we have any evidence about cigarettes and the harms that they do to people. Um, So I just like the idea of, like he said, erring on the side of caution. So you'd prefer Uh, if people stayed smoking instead of going to vaping. Is that uh, your position? I think they're they're two completely different Mm. subject matters. I don't think that we can really lump them together. Are you a smoker, Carlene? No. Okay. I appreciate your thoughts. I really do. Uh, let me go. Uh, Brad, Paul, my, yeah, my go ahead, apologies, Paul. but sure. I must go back to my meeting. So, okay. Uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Any closing thoughts? I don't want to. Uh, I wanted to give you a, a fair shot. I was about to let you go anyway. Any other uh, thoughts before I you go? I think you already have. I think it's 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 not a cut and dried issue. I think there are arguments on both sides. Um, I I just think that uh, given the two choices, I. I am doing my best to err on the side of uh, protecting our health. Paul Koretz, L.A. City Council member from the 5th Council District. Paul, really appreciate you coming on and and taking some heat from me and and callers and uh, helping us to understand what you guys are thinking out there. Really appreciate it. thank you. My my pleasure. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, We'll try to have Paul back on something we agree on, which is probably most things, uh, but not this. Uh, Let's do this before we run out of time. Let's get to some... uh, some green news. We got it? There we go. And if you're on the line, hang on. I'll try to get to everybody, but uh, we'll see if I can. Oh, man. Come on, Desi Doyen. I'll tell you what, we've got so much going on this week uh, between this, between Ukraine, uh, a big coal settlement. Des, did you see the big uh, the big coal settlement today? Yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, what's the name of this company? Uh, Alpha, Arch Coal. No, Alpha, Alpha. Alpha Coal. Yeah, Alpha Natural Resources. They had bought Massey Energy. That's the group that uh, had the uh, explosion, the upper big. Yeah, the upper big branch mine yeah. disaster killed 29 miners back in 2010. Right. So Alpha bought them. Right after that happened. Sounds like a great company. Let's buy them. So it's a a billions and billions, like a $30 billion company. Uh, They have just uh, entered into a settlement reported by uh, AP Today. 
Uh, they will pay a $27.5 million fine. They'll spend $200 million to reduce illegal toxic discharges into waterways across five Appalachian states. The government says that the company and its subsidiaries violated uh, water pollution limits 6,000 times between 2006 and 2013. 6,000 times in yeah. seven years. And yeah. by the way, that $27.5 million fine is mm-hmm. the largest fine for this type of violation ever. But that's not saying much when you've got a billion-dollar company, yeah. billion with a B. Yeah, well, it was totally worth not a billion, like a $30 billion company. Right. It was totally worth it for them. Uh, they discharged heavy metals uh, harmful to fish and other wildlife directly in rivers and streams in Kentucky, West Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, and oh, and Virginia. I, I haven't made yeah. it through the complaint all the way yet, but the uh, the complaint does note that the company continued to violate water pollution laws despite being repeatedly sued by both citizens and the government. Of course they did. <laughs> uh, and before we get to the uh, our latest Green News report, I think what I'm going to have to do is point people to bradblog.com because uh, I wanted to get – we didn't have enough time because of that uh, important issue, frankly, to talk about uh, where, in case I didn't make it clear, I believe – that people are going to die because they're banning uh, uh, vaping, that they're making it harder to vape. I think that's going to kill people. Because they'll re- be they'll clear. stay with smoking yeah. and they won't yep. be, uh, be able to quit because this has so far yep. been a very viable way for a lot of people that have called in. We had a lot of callers call in earlier yeah. today who said that they were able to quit because of that. I think, it, yeah, I was, and I think it was insane. And I tried the pills, the patches, the gums, everything else. Uh, and and e cigs, not the crap that the big tobacco companies that look like cigarettes, but the kind with the juice in it and the tank, totally different. Uh, do yourself a favor, get one, save your life. Uh, but because of that, I wasn't able to get to uh, Apple uh, standing up to these right wingers who were demanding they stop being so sustainable and green. <laughs> yes. Uh, and by the way, it was the same group who was challenging the LA City Council. Uh, about this uh, vaping ban. So that's it's hard to be on their side, as I was in the L.A. vaping ban. But when it came to uh, Apple, basically they told him, where's my uh, where's my I'll point people to uh, Bradblog.com. But basically they wanted them to stop their sustainability initiatives. Uh, Apple wants to go 100 percent renewable uh, energy, energy for their offices and their administrative and so forth. Uh, good for Tim Cook, who said. If you want me to do things only for return on investment reasons, you should get out of this stock. He said, we want to leave the world better than when we found it. When we work on making our devices accessible to the blind, I don't consider bloody return on investment, he said. But it brings up a bigger picture, which I describe at Bradblog. Go check it out. The point here, uh, corporations have a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders, to maximize profits to their shareholders. And that makes it difficult. For a guy like Tim Cook, that's uh, very unusual for a corporation to do that because legally uh, they have to maximize profits. That's why you need government mandates. That's why they have to be mandates that make sense, not mandates that are just, oh, we think vaping might be bad. Let's ban it. Uh, It gives a bad name to government mandates. So go check out my piece at uh, bradblock.com on that. Any other thoughts? Or no, no, no. Let's move news? on. Oh, it all, oh, it all makes me so angry. Our latest Green News report. Please kick it, Nadia. Hundreds arrested at the White House again, protesting the Keystone XL pipeline. EPA moves to block controversial Alaska mine. 
New smog standards reduce pollution from tailpipes. Oh, and save lives, too. Ancient virus resurrected from the Arctic. Plus... Germany in particular does depend heavily. 30% of its uh, gas imports come from Russia. Unrest in Ukraine exposes energy security vulnerability for Europe. All of that unrest and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. For man-made problems, Firstly, this... it's, it's denialism. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not. It's the very definition of denialism. No, it's not. It's absolutely This is your Green News Report. It's denialism. No, it's not. Okay, Desi Doyen, the rains have cleared from Los Angeles, although we made the very first joke of this week's Oscar telecast. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Oscars. Uh, For those of you watching around the world, it has been a tough couple of days for us here. It has been raining. We're fine. Thank you for your prayers. Well, it's exactly right. Uh, when it rains in Los Angeles, it's kind of the equivalent of snow. The good news is we haven't had rain here for two years, so this downpour, though it caused mudslides and all kinds of problems, was really good news. Yes, but unfortunately, it won't be enough to end what is California's worst drought on record. Oh, you're such a negative, Nellie. <laughs> what other negative news do you have for us, Nellie? Well, first, in international news, Russia's aggressive maneuvers in Ukraine have highlighted a vulnerability of the European Union. Europe gets about a third of its natural gas and oil from Russia, a strategic energy vulnerability that's already been used as a bargaining chip by Russian President Vladimir Putin in recent years. Former State Department official P.J. Crowley tells Rachel Maddow that vulnerability may curtail Europe's appetite for a strong international response particularly in Germany. You don't get into an argument with your banker. I think in the context of Germany, they would say you don't get into an argument with your utility company. So I think you know, Putin's energy card may not be as potent as it once was, but Germany in particular does depend heavily. 30% of its uh, gas imports come from Russia. Meanwhile, here in the U.S., Police arrested 398 young people on Sunday who tied themselves to the White House fence to protest the proposed Keystone XL tar sands pipeline. They're demanding President Obama deny a permit for the project intended to transport heavy tar sands crude oil from Canada across the Midwest to the Gulf Coast, as organizers tell Democracy Now! Hundreds of young people, probably going to be over a thousand on the march, all came here from all over the country, 42 states, to show President Obama that Keystone XL is not okay, that is not in our natural Meanwhile, a new study of the proposed pipeline finds that the State Department underestimated the contribution the pipeline would make to global emissions. The study says Keystone XL would significantly increase total greenhouse gas emissions over time, the equivalent of 46 new coal-fired power plants. I wonder if that study, as well as the hundreds of people who got arrested at the White House, will just be ignored. It kind of seems like that's what happens. Yeah, we'll see. It's your last chance to make a public comment on the pipeline. The public comment period ends Friday, March 7th. Make your voice heard at the State Department's website. We have the links at our website, greennews.bradblog.com. 
In other news, big moves from the EPA. On Friday, the Environmental Protection Agency said it will use the Clean Water Act to block further development of the massive proposed pebble mine in Alaska. While this rare move doesn't outright halt the mine, it is the first step to what could ultimately be a veto because the EPA says it will irreversibly harm Alaska's Bristol Bay, which produces half the world's sockeye salmon. But that's not all. The EPA on Monday also issued new rules to reduce air pollution by cutting smog and toxic emissions from gasoline and vehicles. The biggest short-term impact from the new tailpipe rules will come from reducing levels of sulfur in gasoline by more than 60 percent. The EPA estimates that every $1 spent on meeting the new standards will generate $13 in public health and economic benefits. Finally, it sounds like science fiction, but researchers in Siberia say they've discovered a mysterious giant virus that has been buried for 30,000 years in now melting permafrost. While the virus poses no risk to animals or people, the new discovery does raise the possibility that as the climate warms and the Arctic melts, humans could release other ancient eradicated viruses. What does that mean, a giant virus? How it, giant? It's actually really big under a microscope. So it's not really that giant. It's giant in the virus world. I'm disappointed. I was hoping for a summer movie-sized virus. The Blob. Get to work on that. For much more on that and the other stories we didn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Download our broadcast anytime via iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Find us and follow us, please, on the Facebook and on the Twitters at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Hooray for Hollywood, that screwy ballyhooey Hollywood, where any office for your young mechanic can be a panic with just Hooray. A very L.A.-centric uh, show today, isn't it? Uh, you know, and by the way, uh, we are not... Uh, if you're just listening to the broadcast for the first time, we are not a health and wellness show. So, uh, you know, going over e-cigs e and vaping and all of that with the council member, uh, you know, that's <laughs> rather unusual for us. But indeed, it is something very personal to me. And I got to say, it makes me both furious and very sad at the same time when I see decisions like that made. Um, but anyway... Stay tuned for uh, the four o'clock with uh, four o'clock report with John Weiner. He'll be talking about oh, speaking about L.A. Bad L.A. Sheriff Baca. That's coming up. My thanks to our producer Desi Doyen, to Nadia, our soundboard operator today. Way to go, Nadia! Uh, like I say, stay tuned for John Weiner. We will be back same Brad time, same Brad channel next week. Until then, you can find me on the Twitters at the Brad Blog and of course at bradblog.com. Missed any portion of our show? It'll be on iTunes, as will uh, the Green News Report in our fifth anniversary show from last week that you missed because of the fun drive. We'll see you next week. Thanks, America. Stay safe. <laughs>